Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the vision for you, Big Book Study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is August 11th, Thursday, and 2017. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, page 83, the second paragraph, starting with the spiritual life is not a theory. And today's readers are Tala K for the 12 steps, Matt M for the 12 traditions, Kathleen W, Linda D, and Jody E Q. The reference number for yesterday's 10 o'clock meeting, Thursday, August 10th, is 10295. The reference number for this morning's meeting, Friday, August 11th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, is 10297. That's 10297. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tala Kay to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Elaine. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. This is Tala Kay from Boston, grateful, compulsive overeater, recovered for today by the grace of God. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and compulsive overeating and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him 
praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Talakay. I will now ask Matt M. to read the 12 traditions. Can you hear me, Elaine? Yes, I can, Matt. Thank you. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Matt M., a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon all unity. <clears throat> Two, for our group purpose, there is the one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself on our group conscience. The leaders are our trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for all membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has the one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group will never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise those problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, ovaries anonymous should remain forever not professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards and committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, ovaries anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the only name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding its place principle through our personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Madam. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 83, the second paragraph, which begins, the spiritual life is not a theory. I will ask Kathleen W. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Kathleen W. Recovered in Phoenix, Arizona. Can you hear me okay, Elaine? Yes, I can, Kathleen. Thank you. Okay. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. And um, I looked up the word theory, and it says a 
position or a system of ideas intended to explain something, especially one based on general principles experience, or explained, rather. And it says the spiritual life is not a theory. And then in the next line, um, in the squiggly lines, it says we have to live it. And whenever there's, I've learned whenever there's squiggly lines in the big book, that means that these are instructions for us and it's our new way of living. So I must pay attention. And then I have written in the margin um, the pair, the line before, so we clean house with the family asking each morning in meditation that our creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. And then the paragraph that I just read, I wrote in the margin, these are living amends um, with the family. And fortunately, I don't have to urge my husband or my daughter to believe what I do because we are we all have the same spiritual beliefs, so I'm very grateful for that. And then our behavior will convince them more than um, my behavior will convince them more than my words. And neither one of them are in a 12-step program. My daughter's only 11. So, um, but I've I've noticed that the more um, patient, tolerant, kind, and loving that I am to them, um, the more I get it in return from them because it it rubs off on them. So. And I believe that we teach people how to treat us. So if I am patient, tolerant, loving, and kind to my family or anyone, um, you know, no matter how I'm treated, it will, um, I'll get that back in return. And um, I just, you know, and before I was recovered, you know, I, I learned in my family of origin to yell, and so I would yell and blow a gasket, and, um, you know, since I've been recovered, I don't have to do that anymore, and I'm very grateful for that, because the big book gives me instructions for living, and just as an example, my, my daughter, the other night, she spilled her drink on the floor, and it was a dark color, and she didn't tell us, um, because she was fearful, and so my husband went to close the blinds, and she he stepped in the, car, in the carpet, and it was wet. Come to find out, she was fearful um, that um, we would be mad. So bless her little heart, she went in the cupboard and got my rug cleaner and tried to clean it up the best she could. It, I guess it happened in the morning, and then she covered it with a blanket. <laughs> and then my husband noticed it later. And so rather than flying off the handle and, and, you know, reacting, I just, I spoke to her heart and asked her, you know, what happened. Oh, I'm sorry. But anyway, she was fearful. And so, so I'm just grateful that um, I don't have to live that way anymore. And these are our instructions for living. So, and thank you. Thank you very much, Kathleen W. Who would like to comment on this paragraph? Madam. Sue G. Sue G. Roz G. Roz G. Jody E. Q. Roz G. Jody E. Q. Sally A. Kelly A. Kelly A. One more? No, Sally A. Sally A. Hi, Sally. Thank you. Thank you. One one more. Well, let's start with this. Matt M., you're first, followed by Sue G. Thank you, Elaine. 
Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Again, Consular Eater. We should not talk intentionally to about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. I have so much to make up for. I did a lot of damage to people. Used people to get money, especially my uncle. I took tons, thousands of dollars from them. I had no intention of paying it back. Don't really can't. I don't think I'll ever will be able to pay him back all that money. And my my whole stupid thinking, stinking thing about it. Oh, you know what? Well, he knew he could, that you were going to be paying him back, so he knew what he was doing, giving you that money. He knew. But that kind of thinking leads me back into the food and saves me where I am. I'm, I'm working on myself, and you know what? I'm far from perfect. I have a lot to work on. I have friends as well. I don't want I don't want to be the one calling my friends and then thinking in the back of their mind, what does he want now this time? What does he want from us to take this time from us instead of what can he, what can I give to people? You know, I want to, I want to give the best of myself to people. I don't want to be giving the, the the parts that I don't like very much of myself to others. You know. I'm grateful just that today I can be the best person I know I can. I, I, my behavior has to change. It's not easy some days. My character defects are glaring a lot of the time, and it's hard for me to keep myself on the straight and narrow. But especially today, I'm going to get a pass to not use people to get anything I want and just to try to give somebody a pass to be whether it's making a phone call or it's um, doing a service to somebody and not getting caught or just being helpful. That's what I want to be. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity and the willingness to do that. I don't want to be the same person I am today. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matt. Suji, you're up next, followed by Rosji. Morning. This is Suji from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. Um, I looked up in the. I know someone already looked up something, but I looked it up in the in the um, big book dictionary about theory. The first thing they put down there was. Um, I bought it. Oh, okay. Um, belief, idea, or concept, or premise, assumption. Um, when I first gave my heart to God and got serious before program, my husband thought this was just another phase in my life that wasn't going to last. And uh, and although it lasted, it didn't change. I didn't change uh, because I treated it like a theory, like a, um, I, it, it didn't, I wasn't able to, to live it, um, and it's this phase that works is dead in, uh, in the big book. I think that's how, you know, it's not a theory, we have to live it. Um, when I came into program, he thought it was another phase because I didn't stick with the program. Um, that was back in 1991. But as I've come in and worked with a vision sponsor from the vision pro- vision meeting and actually started working 10 through 12 and did my amends, I began to change. And he has seen the change in me, although there hasn't been any change uh, necessarily in his his thinking about toward God or anything. His acceptance of me having to be on the phone and in sponsoring people and um, is something that he is now not wrangling about. He's accepting. Um, so. So it says our behavior will convince them more than our words. 
And I found that with my whole program, it's my behavior. It's the way I talk. It's the way I eat. It's the way um, I react instead of, I mean, respond instead of react that gets noticed um, more than my books laying around, uh, being on the phone. So I really, I like this paragraph because we do have to actually live it. It has to be alive in us. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sue G. Roz G, you're up next, followed by Jody EQ. Good morning. This is Roz G. I'm going to have to make it a quick share because I'm just walking into work now. But, you know, what I say is not as important as what I do. And words without actions mean nothing. And so um, I was a very jealous, angry person. And um, I'm showing acceptance and love and humility more and more as as I continue to recover. And uh, just an example is my neighbor was uh, weed whacking his lawn yesterday and a rock came up in his weed whacker and shattered one of the window uh, a window in one of my cars and so um therefore i i just said to him I, I, it's okay you know i got an estimate and gave him the estimate and said it was okay and uh what a, what back then i i don't know how mean i would have been i probably wouldn't be have been very nice about it but accidents happen and God has taught me through the acceptance paragraph that nothing in this world happens by mistake, and these are opportunities for me to learn how to be to be forgiving, loving, kind, and accepting. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rajji. Jody EQ, you're up next, followed by Sally A. Thank you, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in Florida this morning. Another wonderful paragraph here. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Indeed. You know, I can, theory to me means um, it's an idea. It's a concept uh, that I am a spiritual person. But if I don't behave like a spiritual person, it's just hot air. So I need to be patient, tolerant, kind, loving, accepting, appreciating of my family, of my friends, and of the world as a whole. Not just not just my little circle, but the world as a whole. So um, am I am I doing that? Or am I spending so much time on the phone <laughs> that I'm not really present? for my friends and family. And balance needs to be found here. My husband used to say, uh, when you're in the food, you're not available. When you're abstinent and in your program, you're not available. So what difference does it make to me? He actually preferred it when I was in the food. So um, I really have to Think about, be considerate of others, especially those in my family, the ones that are closest to me. 
and put myself in their shoes. How is it to be on the receiving end of uh, me as a, as a compulsive overeater and as a recovered compulsive overeater? So that is my prayer today that I can be uh, present for the people around me to the best of my ability. And of course, taking care of myself, I must. If I don't take care of myself, I cannot be there for those around me. So there's a balance that needs to be struck here. But it certainly starts with my abstinence and working these 12 steps to the best of my ability, which includes carrying the message. Lois, Bill's wife, threw a shoe at him <laughs> one, one day because she was fed up with him going to meetings all the time. But that was before she started Al-Anon. Um, but yeah, there's going to be frustration by our loved ones when, if we're on the phone all the time or going to meetings constantly. So how can I, how can I find that balance and uh, be present for myself, my program, and my family all at the same time? And for that, I need grace. I don't know about you, but I sure do. I Just a reminder. Ah, perfect. Thank you, <laughs> you Jody. Q. <laughs> Sally A, you're up next, please. Sally A, star one to unmute. Sally, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Okay, how about if we open the line to some more people and we'll check back with Sally when we're done taking names. I'm left with you now. Sally? <laughs> Who else would like to comment on the paragraph? Beth B. Joanne B. Beth B. Joanne B. Devorah S., I believe that was. Yes. Terry H. Sherry KB. And Sherry KB. Let's stop with that for now, if we may. Sally, I'd like to double check to see if you're on the line. Okay. We will check check in with her um, after we hear from the two people. Um, starting with, I believe it was Beth B. And you'll be followed by Joanne B. And just to let people know, we're on page 83, reading the second paragraph, The Spiritual Life is Not a Theory, and commenting on that one paragraph. Would you like to go ahead, Beth? Um, yes. Uh, this is Beth B., uh, compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater in, in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, <clears throat> this was like, uh, this paragraph for me is exactly what I needed to hear today because um, in the last couple of weeks, I've been experiencing some bumpy roads in my recovery. And, uh, you know, I ended up losing a sponsor. And I noticed that once that happened, the balance of my life was thrown out of kilter for a little while. So to me, this paragraph speaks to balancing things out. Um, we do need to, at least I do, uh, need to also make time for my family, uh, and 
also the program, and it is a very difficult balance to strike. Um, I am actually looking for help in that area. How do recovered people maintain that balance so that they're living the spiritual life and, uh, I guess, walking the talk? Um, you know, so anyway, I just wanted to share that, uh, that I am not necessarily speaking on it from experience as much as I am looking for help from other recovered people on how they strike that balance. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Beth B. That's a, that's a wonderful question to bring to the 8 a.m. meeting where we can ask a question and have people um, respond. Joanne B., you're up next, followed by Devorah S. Hi, I'm Joanne hey. B. from Texas. I'm a compulsive overeater and beginning to live in some type of recovery. I'm thankful. I want to just thank um, Jody for what she said because sometimes I don't know how to respond, you know, how to think about some of the things that I read and haven't really um, mastered putting that into thought very well. But it really meant a lot because um, my I still feel like my life is unmanageable. I have the tendency to um, I can't I don't have the tendency to where I can do a lot of things at one time. It's really kind of funny, but so if I start something new, then my focus goes to that. So I have all these different things that I really need to do that are very important and um, even urgent on some of them and um, I find myself uh, not being able to balance the program. So it was kind of nice to hear, I think it's our step 12 that says, um, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I think for me, it's um, it, it's hard for me to not depart, uh, I think it's depart, mentalize, department, put it in a little box. It's hard for me not to separate each little, um, uh, each item that I need to do, for example, if it's bookkeeping or calling a, a fellow or um, going to a class. I have several classes that I take and I, I have a hard time focusing on um, these different things. And so, um, and I noticed last night, my husband wouldn't say it to me, I'm sure, but that that statement, when you're in the food, you're unavailable, and when you're abstinent and in the program, you're unavailable. And that's what I'm finding myself. I'm unavailable to him, and I need to learn how to balance, and I don't really know how to do that. And with that, thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Joanne B. Devorah S., you're up next. Divorce, star one to unmute, please. Elaine, can you put me back on this line? I'm okay, back there I go. Uh -huh. Yes, Sally. Sally, you'll be right after Devorah S, please, okay? Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Elaine, for your service and everyone on the line. Devorah S from New Jersey, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, oh, gosh, this is the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And I'm reminded many years ago, um, when I got into the program and I lost all my weight and my husband, he knew, <clears throat> he knows about the 12-step program and 
in the spiritual part of the program. And I don't know what spurred him on to say it. Maybe we had some kind of argument. I, I don't remember, but I just do remember this line when he said to me, you know, you haven't changed at all. And it hurt me so much. And I went to my sponsor and I said, you know, my husband said I haven't changed at all. And he said, oh, and she said, oh, come on, Devorah, of course you've changed. You know, you look at all the weight that you lost and blah, blah, blah. And I knew that wasn't, you know, that that was not the change that I wanted. You know, that's a, that's, that's a little, that's a dent. That's nothing compared to the, 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 the changes that I needed to make. And so it really started, and I thought I was living a spiritual program in those days. I really did. I, you know, I weighed and measured my food. I didn't eat no matter what. And they told me at that time, you know, weighing and measuring the food is the most important thing that you could be doing each day. You know, that's just, it's, a, it's like, that's what God wants for you. And, and I do believe that it's true, you know, but it's not enough. I needed to push further. I needed to go in further. And that was really, really working the rest of the steps and making an inventory and going through it and being honest with myself and seeing where I got the ball rolling. And then, of course, living in the solution, you know, being patient, tolerant, and loving and kind to the people around me, especially to the people that I go to sleep with and wake up with. And, and it's like, that was, this was, this was where the real work began. And, you know, and it continues each day. But you know what, I'm so grateful for the directions in this book that show me that this is this is the work that I need to do. This is this is what God's will is for me today. You know, um, to to become that person, and it's not easy. It's a big job, but you know what? Day by day, you know, I I, I can do this along with you guys, and I know that I am getting better. I see a a, a a a turn. I see something is is happening because I'm so willing to make that effort and taking these actions and the pause and and you know all the things that is talked about here. You know, doing a step ten, making my nightly review at night to eleven, and doing service. All these things, you know, are are contributing to my recovery. Um, and you know, I don't have to reinvent the wheel here. That's the biggest relief. It's all written here, and all I need to do is open my eyes and be willing and to listen and to hear and and take those actions. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Thank you, Deborah S. Sally O. You're up now. Thank you, Elaine. It's Sally A. Oh, Sally A, I'm sorry, and uh, Terry H, you'll, you'll be next. Sorry, I had an O next to your name, so I'd come back to you. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to apologize for the confusion. I, I lost reception on my phone, and I was trying like a dickens to get back. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to take time to explain, but I do want to apologize to the group. Um, what I wanted to say about this paragraph, which, is, of course, is tied to that first paragraph, this long period of reconstruction, and then they're giving us more information when they tell us that they will change in time. Why do they tell us they will change in time? I think it's because because we've been not well, because we've been socially isolative and socially inept, because we have been in the food, because we have been in a relationship with the food instead of in relationships, healthy relationships. In many ways, our family becomes sick too. 
I often say to people, my children are masterminds at manipulation. They learn from the best. And so I take responsibility for their character defects to some extent, not completely, but to some extent, because they learned from me. They grew up with me um, as their mom, and so I take some responsibility. And so it goes on to say, giving us some hope, they will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our more than our words. And so what this brings to my mind is the fact that I have I am riddled with character defects. I once had a list of sixty somebody used to giggle about my list of sixty character defects that were located in my phone on one of the uh stickies in my phone. I had this list. But the truth of the matter is that my defect, the most important one that I have to be cognitive of is that I am a people pleaser instead of a God pleaser. But I have very poor boundaries, largely because I'm socially inept still, and I never really learned how to set healthy boundaries. I didn't have practice because I was busy isolating. But what is most important is that this is step six work. When we go after doing step four and giving it away in step five, we make a list of our character defects. And what do we do with them? We go to God with these character defects. I don't just pray about it. I don't just know about these character defects, my poor boundary setting, my poor, my people pleasing instead of God pleasing, my big mouth instead of pausing more often as it tells us to do on the bottom of 87. But instead, I go to God, I give it to God, and I ask him to heal me and to change me. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sally A. Terry H., you're up next, followed by Sherry K.B. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in North Carolina. Very grateful today. I like this. Spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. To me, it's, it's the action. We take action. Um, my, my program is a recovery program of action from the very beginning of willingness and taking action. I have to take action. Expanding my spiritual connection with my higher power. Every day is the work that I do. And from the time that I wake up in the morning and um, seeking right thought and right action with my higher power to be of maximum service every day is the work that I do. And, and, And starting off with that, and going, you know, working these steps every day and working my program every day, I'm, I'm, I'm living the, my spiritual life, my spiritual ex- experience, um, practicing kindness, tolerance, patience. You know, God, my higher power gives me lots of opportunities throughout my day to do that. And, you know, and when things do come up, the fears, the irritations, and the aggravation um, that life sometimes throws at us or sometimes I throw at life too, um, I have a program of recovery that I can work. And I'm really, really grateful for that today. Um, What's different is that, you know, before I was just in survival mode, then I was dying, you know, and I was dying. I was killing myself. And, you know, today I'm not in survival mode. Um, each day, I'm, I'm living life to its fullest. 
Yesterday I had I had the opportunity to be present for my partner's daughter's first day moving into college. And it was a crazy, hectic day. And I was just, you know, there was a lot of giggles, a lot of joy, a lot of freedom, a lot of peace. And it was so wonderful just to be present and show up and participate. And, you know, with God and, and seeking right thought and right action throughout the day, I would have never been able to do that and enjoy it and talk about it today. And I'm just really so grateful for that. And I must trust God. I must trust my higher power to know what's best for me and, and to lead me and guide me through that. And, you know, for me, that's my program. That's my program of action. Every day, showing up, seeking my higher power's direction for me that day and how I can be of maximum service. And, you know, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> life is good today for Terry. And I and I'm so grateful for that. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Terry H. Sherry K B. You're up next. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry K B in Northern California. Grateful recovered compulsive reader. Thank you so much for your service, Elaine. And um I love this line. Um, the spiritual life is not a theory, we have to live it. Um what this comes to mind to me is that this is kind of like the tradition um, that we're based on attraction rather than promotion, and that means in our families. And that's so important um, to practice the principles in all my affairs. And if I can't practice the principles in all my affairs, then I limit my affairs. And the short version of that is if it's a bad day, make it a short day. <laughs> so um, this, to me, is talking about living in steps 10, 11, and 12 because we're, we're finishing up step 9, and now we're getting instruction about how to go out and live our life. And um, we learned a skill set in steps four through nine, and now we're going to implement them in 10, 11, and 12. And and this is talking about how are we going to do that. So for me, um, I know that I start my day in morning meditation. Um, I, ask my, I ask my higher power to direct my day. I ask my higher power to help me to be useful um, and to be useful to my higher power and to others because that's being useful to myself. And then throughout the day, um, you know, when I'm disturbed, that's step 10, I pause. Not pause, excuse me, when I'm disturbed, and when I'm disturbed, I do a step 10. Um, so that means when I'm annoyed, upset, angry, restless, irritable, discontent, um, I do a step 10. If I'm um, fear, doubt, and insecurity, I also do a step 10. I usually do a, a, a fear step uh, inventory. And then in step 11, I... That's three times, you know, that's mentioned what step 11 is. It's in the morning to God direct my day, <clears throat> pausing throughout the day um, to check in with my emotional barometer to see how I'm doing. And then um, and that's throughout the day of pausing. And I love acronyms, pray and use step 11 um, or pray and use uh, uh, spiritual energy. And then at night I review my day. I do 11th step at night as well. And then step 12, of course, is working with others. And so I've learned a skill set here that when anything comes up, anything crops up in my life, I know what to do with it now. I have an instruction because I've been guided and instructed all along in all these steps. And, um, and then to live it in my home. Um, so that, that is the best place for me to see where my recovery is at, is living it in my home with, with my loved ones. And um, I know that it's about me changing them 
<laughs> no, that was William's slip. Me changing me and not wanting to change them and just working on my own self and keeping my side of the street clean and not taking inventory on theirs. And I've noticed how much my life has changed with my loved ones doing doing this work. And with that, I pass and thank God for that. Thank you so much, Sherry KB. We have time for three more shares on the second paragraph on page 83 of the big book, starting with the spiritual life is not a theory. Who would like to comment on that paragraph? Lisa J.R. Lisa J.R. Kelly S. Kelly S. Reggio. And Reggio. Is that Kelly S. is in Sam or S. is in Frank? S. is in Sam. Thank you very much. So Lisa J.R., Kelly F., and Reggie O. Lisa, please go ahead. Thank you so much. And if you would be so kind of to time me, I'm driving. Uh, but I just wanted to get on the line um, and share this morning. I am so moved by the shares that I've heard this morning. And, um, you know, the inner, uh, the, the last sentence about the skeptic, um, you know, my poor husband, um, he you know, I could I could make amends and, and say I regret, and he said, your regrets mean nothing to me. You know, I spent uh, the inner border collie in me uh, was always trying to herd my, uh, my sheep, so to speak, um, out of harm's way or to the, in the right direction. And when I didn't get them to cooperate with me and their scripts collided with my scripts, I would get vicious. And, you know, thank God, um, these steps have been sort of like Jacob's Ladder for me. I I had a deep spiritual walk, but I had pockets of agnosticism that I didn't trust my higher power with. And, you know, I, I finally have surrendered to the program. And after a year, it's been slow going, very slow going. And um, my husband is finally being more trusting of me and, and the change that's occurred in my life. But, you know, I was so grateful for the people that shared about the balance because it is such a balance. We can be so spiritually minded that we're no earthly good uh, to our loved ones. And, um, you know, I got so entrenched in 10, 11, and 12, um, particularly working with sponsees and, and spending so much time on the phone that, you know, I had to, to check myself and say, whoa, you know, you've got to give back some to your family. Um, and I'm really, really grateful for the program for that. And I will pass with that. Thank you all for your share. Thank you, Lisa J.R. Kelly S., you're up next. Thanks. This is Kelly S., recovered compulsive over here in Oklahoma. Um, so glad to be on the meeting and super excited to be in this part of the book. Um, I've been around this program for 30-something years and just have been recovered for a little over two years. And it's because I'm living this life today for the first time. You know, um, it talks about, you know, it's all contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And I've never been good at maintaining anything ever, ever, ever. You know, I'm the foxhole prayer person. It talks about, you know, I'd, I'd do it for a little bit. I'd get on a diet and lose some weight. You know, I'd do all those things. And then, you know, it's like I couldn't maintain anything except, my addiction for for sure I maintain that and so you know I one of the things I'll, I'll be finding myself saying is so grateful today I found the solution but you know the truth is that solution this 
solution has been around since what 1935 when dr bob and um, bill w and then the book's been out since what 38 or 39 and i found the solution when i was 20 and i'm 54 so the solution's been there what i'm grateful for today is i want the solution and i'm willing to do the work day in and day out and you know it's like it starts with me saying the set aside prayer every single morning <clears throat> because you know i get in my own way that's for sure and, you know, it's like I'm living this life today. You know, it's like we're up to this part in the book. We used to, you know, it seems like I've read this. Well, I've read all of it over and over, but never followed the instructions from the beginning, you know, like like we've learned in this program or in this, this meeting, I should say. Anyway, so I'm like, this is up after I've done the work, four through nine, you know, and it's like I kept wanting these promises. I kept wanting this spiritual life without doing all the work day in and day out. And so today, you know, it's I get up and I do the work and I'm, and I'm bringing it into my family. And I remember hearing you guys when I started listening five years ago um, think, and people would talk about the transformation in their life. And I'm like, well, I've never had that entire psychic change. Can't imagine my family ever saying that. And today I'm hearing that. You know, I'm hearing my, my kids telling me, wow, mom, I can't believe you, how you're handling that. Man, man, you know, it's like, and, you know, hearing my partner um, saying things to me and, and it's just like, wow, it's really happening, you know? And it's like, I just do the work day in, day out. You know, I get in, I do my meditation and prayer. I put the food down 100% because that was the thing for me. You know, it's like staying in the doctor's opinion is huge. I got to keep the food down, but that's just the beginning. And, you know, it's, it is, it's all about, you know, it talks about we agnostics. The entire point of this book is to find a relationship with a higher power to solve our problem. Well, food and weight wasn't my problem. I thought it was living is my problem until I learn how to do life a different way with my higher power in these steps I'm going to keep going back to the only solution I know which was food so I'm just grateful today you know 34 years later finally finally willing to do the work and live this in my daily life and be an example of recovery not just talk the talk so with that I will pass so glad to be here guys thank you so much Kelly F. Reggio you're up now Hi, good morning. Thank you for your service and everybody who's on the line this morning. This is Reggio, very gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. Boy, what a, this has been quite something for me going through the ninth step this time. <clears throat> and But for this, looking at this, this paragraph, you know, the, the spiritual life, which is really what this book is all about, you know, spiritual life, uh, developing a, a deep and intimate relationship with a power greater than myself that can do for me what I could never do. And uh, it says I have to live that, you know, and and I know I have to live that because I'm really good at theorizing. I'm really good at intellectualizing. I'm really good at concepts and speaking things and things like that. But, you know, here it's talk, you know, here it's it's telling me, reminding me that I live it day by day. And that my behavior will convince anyone or is far more important than my words. You know, it's it's good. It's important what comes out of my mouth. But if I'm talking spirituality rather than living spirituality, you know, I'm I'm either trying to convince someone or trying to convince myself or both. And that's that's far from living it. So uh it's it's really interesting. I had a coach once who said, Speak less, say uh speak less and say more. And uh, and I take that as, you know, hmm, just really living this solution, as it says. You know, it's about living in, living in the solution, steps 1 through 12. And we've gotten through, you know, gotten through some really big ones, you know, which keeps us clear, you know, keeps me clear if I choose to do that every day. Uh, 
keeps me clear so that I can be a clear channel to live, you know, to live the spiritual principles, which are, you know, there's a principle for every step, honesty, hope, faith, courage, integrity, love, you know, uh, a lot of those things. So that's, that's my life. That's what I'm here to live and be. And, um, and that takes me to an amazing life and, and a better experience for the people that I come in contact with every day. And especially my family, uh, the people who are closest to me, because I have in the past used the program actually as a wedge because, uh, because I just didn't really know how to connect or live, you know, live intimately uh, with another human being. And so this program was a perfect way to, uh, was a perfect way to keep me a little bit distant for good reason, you know, and that's not true today. So it's like, uh, it's calling me to be a bigger person by really living, living this on a daily basis and living this with and in the people around me. And, you know, and, and the prayers, you know, and all the spiritual work, it's, I have to remember that it's, it steps, Step 12 is two parts, you know, it's carrying the message to other compulsive eaters and practicing the principles of the steps in all my affairs and all practicing the principles in all my affairs. It's like being the human being that I want to be, you know, living, living honestly and clearly and walking hand in hand on a spiritual path. And, you know, and I'm so grateful. Gentle reminder. uh, Thank you so much. I'm just really grateful that this program is every day because it and, and that we do the book the way that we do because that helps me to actually be the change instead of just talking about it. So thank you. Thank you very much, Reggio. Um, we just have one minute, so I'm just going to share very quickly on this. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And, you know, I, I have found the instructions about doing a step 11 in the morning and at night is not sufficient, that really all throughout the day I need to practice that pause, pray and use step 11, check in with my higher power. And I heard a saying once that so applies to me, and I see it when I get a little lax, when I try to rest on my laurels for a day or two, where I'm just going through the motions of my step 11. And um, the saying is, one day without God, or my higher power if you prefer, and God knows it. Two days without God, and I know it. Three days without God, everybody knows it. including my family. Okay, well, thank you so much, everybody who has shared. What a fabulous meeting. Um, We'll now end the sharing with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. We'll have a newcomer greeter after that and uh, some special announcements, so I hope you'll stick around for that. And I will ask Linda D. to please read A Vision for You. Hi, this is Linda D. Grateful, recovered overeater in North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously... You cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us 
as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.